Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome to the Corner of Truth and Courage with Tom and Tyler. We're still here. We're still right. excited about the things of God. And we're glad our listeners have joined us today. Yes. We both are losing our hair day by day, though. Yeah. How did uh, everything go okay with Valentine's for you there? Uh, yeah, everything went pretty well. We, we actually celebrate Valentine's Day, usually not on Valentine's Day, but a day, a day before or a day after, just so we can beat or fend off all the crowds. And we toss our kids on you. That way you can babysit them <laughs> while we have a good time. Yeah, well, that's and never... So, Never a problem looking after grandkids. Uh, never is there. So, so let me let me give us a recap here. So, yesterday you brought up some very interesting historical findings about Jonah and his tomb being in what's called Mosul. I was going to say Mosul, so I was going to say it wrong. Today you also have yet some more discoveries, and today you're going to talk about Nahum and elaborate a little bit more on that. So I'm going to hand it over to you at this time. Okay. Yeah, there are two Jewish prophets that God had called to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital city of, of, of their, one of their enemies. Mm-hmm. The Assyrians later come in and bring and uh, destroy Israel and, uh, and Judah and take them into captivity. And they're, you know, they're very cruel in the way that they handle their, uh, their captives. And so you know, there's been conflict between these nations for some time. And Jonah is called. He's the first missionary. And, uh, and they repent. They turn to God. And, of course, now the prophet's upset. He didn't want to go in the first place. There Now Nahum comes along a hundred years later. And we're not actually told that he goes. We're just told that the prophecy comes to him. And as we read, we read the description of judgment that's going to unfold for them. But what I found interesting is that his tomb is found out there. So he actually was there. Yeah. Um, and and I you know I didn't know that I didn't know that part of history and the um, you know the Bible doesn't tell us it doesn't give us that information the Bible didn't tell us where Jonah had died uh, but you know the people that lived in the region uh, you know we had a lot of Christians living there during the Byzantine period you know the tomb of Jonah has been preserved for centuries and it's about twenty miles north of uh, Mosul or Nineveh as we know it in the Bible in a town called Al-Kush. Mm-hmm. Now I want to take a little bit of time here today uh, Tyler to kind of talk about some of the judgment that is prophesied here. In chapter 1 it seems like we're going to work backwards because in chapter 1 there's something revealed of judgment that's going to come and we know that it's not the judgment that unfolds here also in the book of Nahum mm-hmm. that happened a hundred years after Jonah. And there's a hint that we know it's not the same judgment. Yeah. Right? I want to start reading off in verse number 3 of chapter 1. It says, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and with not all, and not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind, and in the storm, and in the clouds uh, are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry. He dryeth up the rivers. Bashan languisheth, and Carmel and the flowers of Lebanon languisheth. So it's not just, you know, for Nineveh we're talking about. This is stuff that's close to Israel. Lebanon is just north and, mm-hmm. and stuff, and Carmel is in Israel. 
Verse 5, the mountains quake at him and the hills melt and the earth is burned in his presence. So in other words, earthquakes, eruptions of, of uh, volcanoes that are being burned in his presence, that the hills melt. And so in there, uh, the world and all that's dwell therein. In other words, everything that's in this world and what we call natural disasters, God has the power to create them. Mm-hmm. God has the power to bring. I mean, we're now listening to the terrible reports of the deaths in Syria and Iraq with that earthquake that had happened there. Uh, and so, you know, the, uh, tens of thousands of people lost their lives mm-hmm. in a moment. Yeah. You know, God can bring judgment. Don't, yeah. You know, we, we live in a way that we feel that we can do anything we want and God's just going to look the other way. Um, and God makes, the Bible tells us, He makes the sun to fall on the just and the unjust and the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. When there is wickedness in the area and God brings judgment, sometimes the just are also victims of God's judgment. Do you think that those natural disasters are always God's judgment on something? I I don't know if we can qualify every natural disaster and every death that that follows there is because of it, it the design of that was God's judgment. I think that's the course of this world. You know, every but, life has a date of an expiration. We have, you know, uh, Bible says it's appointed unto man yeah. once to die. We all have an appointment, but we need to also recognize that God can use these things. And he, he, has the power and he to do does it. many times. He I does. Mean, yes, absolutely. He does. And so now, in the next few verses here, we find that there is a prophecy mm-hmm. in verses 7 eight, and, and 8 and 9 here. It says, so in verse 7, The Lord is good and strong, and hold the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Mm-hmm. Now verse 8, But with an overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of the place thereof. And darkness shall pursue his enemies. What do you imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up the second time. Mm-hmm. So in other words, when this judgment comes, this city of Nineveh, that judgment is about ready to unfold on, will be destroyed. They, it, it, it's going to come again, but they'll not be able to stand up a second time. This yeah. city will not restore itself. Mm-hmm. Now, it didn't restore itself as Nineveh, but the city restored itself and is now today called Mosul. Mm-hmm. But there is coming a judgment that there will be destruction by a flood. Now, now this is something that happens, obviously, before the end times and all that. This is yes. before the end times. Now, what's interesting here is that not long ago, uh, five, six years ago, we had ISIS yeah. take over control of this region. And they were setting up. Al-Baghdadi declared himself the caliph, the king of that region. You know, when we read in the Bible that there will be a king of the north and the king of the south will come and bring destruction on, on Israel in the latter, you know, uh, what we call in the end times. Mm-hmm. After the rapture occurs there, there's going to be someone who's going to show up and he's going to make a, a false peace uh, agreement with Israel and then later he's only going to bring destruction. Okay, He's going to come with his armies and the king of the north and stuff and he's going to bring a desolation to, uh, uh, into the temple and all that. And so uh, all this is predicted 
to happen. We think that that's an established kingdom already there today. Mm -hmm. Well, overnight, a kingdom developed. ISIS, the Islamic State, developed itself overnight. So when we think it's a king to the north, we make the mistake of thinking that it could be a an established kingdom that we already know is in existence today. Man, we saw a kingdom can kind of rise up and fall away real quickly yeah. in time. So it's got me thinking, when we say the king of the north, let's not be uh, too quick to establish it's a kingdom that we know of today. Yeah. They, you know, this region can quickly change. So what about the, what about this flood that okay. you spoke of? What I find very interesting is yeah. this. You Google this, you'll find that this this dam will come up. You did, did the most dangerous dam in the world, and it will pop up the Mosul Dam. Up where Al-Kush is, and not far from where the prophet Naaman, by the way, ISIS came and found the uh, the grave of Jonah, and they destroyed that, but they didn't find the grave of Nahum. It's still mm-hmm. been preserved. The uh, people were able to protect that from ISIS, from destroying it. But real close to that same area is the Mosul Dam mm-hmm. on the Tigris River. Now, the Tigris River is famous in the Bible. You know, we got uh, it's mentioned even in the book of Genesis and, and all that. And um, just below the dam, about 20 miles to the south, is the city of Mosul, what was Nineveh. Mm-hmm. Okay? They built this dam, and the problem is that they built it over a fault. Okay. There's a gypsum under the ground, and water keeps seeking into that, so they keep getting these sinkholes. Under the, 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 the dam, uh, sinkholes keep developing, so they mm-hmm. keep having to pour in concrete to try to shore it up and what they're afraid of is that this one day will fail Mm -hmm. there's a fault and if this dam breaks here's what they're predicting they're predicting a hundred foot wall of water to gush through the valley Mm -hmm. make its way 20 minutes later and hit the city of Mosul and wipe a hundred feet of water so you see something in place already that could possibly be used to fulfill the prophecy we read today. Well, exactly. The Bible tells us that it won't, you know, this city's not going to rise up a second time. It did rise up. Mm-hmm. But there'll be a time that it will be an utter destruction. And, uh, and the Bible says the utter end. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, um, there's going to be complete wiping out of this city. And how is it going to happen? It's going to be, verse 8, by, uh, but with an overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of this place, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. Now, I looked it up here. Uh, it says it's the largest dam in Iraq, and it says that it holds 11.1 cubic kilometers of water, which is 2.7 cubic miles of water. Yeah, and so as it's fall, 26 minutes later, it's going to hit the city of Mosul with a 100-foot wave, and then it's going to continue down through the valley, make its way down to Baghdad, Three and a half days later, Mm -hmm. and that wall of water will diminish, but it will still be at 24 feet high. Wow. Can you imagine a wave hitting at 24? Now, that uh, tsunami that hit Japan here not too long ago was a utter destruction, but it wasn't 26 feet high. And the water was dark, black, 
if we come, in the Bible says, you know, it speaks of darkness shall pursue the enemies. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to run. But that darkness is going to still keep coming after them there, and they're not going to be able to flee from it there. They're predicting a half a million people dead if that mm. dam breaks. And all they've got is 26 minutes before it hits them. Wow. 26 minutes there in the city of Mosul. And it will be an utter destruction. Here's what I find interesting. We saw the development in that same very region. Mm-hmm. Dabiq is not far from there in the plains and stuff. And the prepare, it, ISIS thought that they were going to create uh, the coming of the Mahdi. There are two thoughts of school in the Islamic world. One is that they have to create the war for the Mahdi to show up. Mm-hmm. and to bring the destruction. That's what, that's what ISIS believed. That's what the Sunnis believe. The Shiites believe that the Mahdi will come and he will create the war. Yeah. So one is the Sunni believe that they have to create the war for the Mahdi to show up. The Mahdi is their Messiah mm-hmm. and he'll bring destruction to every Jew and that they'll rule the world at the end of that. And so, in the and the Shiite believes that the Mahdi will show up, and he will create the army. But this is the region; that's where they're going to assemble their armies to come from the north and to destroy Israel. Yeah, that's very interesting information there. Things I did not know. And we are running out of time today. We are going to be with you here tomorrow. We want to let you know, number one, we're very humbled. Twelve years now you've been doing Fortress of Faith. Yeah. And it's because of donors that we have that support us and the listeners that we have. Yeah. And you can go, if, if God leads you to it, we would be so uh, humbled and, and thankful. Uh, you can go to fortressoffaith.com and donate there. That's the easiest way to do it. You can call us at 1-800-616-0082 and make a donation that way. God bless you, and we will see you next time.